to Adrian Clem. We hardly knew ye, but we saw way too much of the offensive line that ye were supposed to be making better. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Clem was, in fact, told to move along by Mike Tomlin yesterday. This was something that in the column that I wrote from Kansas City, from the scene of the 36-10 loss to the Chiefs, I had suggested right there in the second paragraph that they tell this guy to take a hike. He had already arranged and allowed to become public that he'll be taking the offensive line coach's job at the University of Oregon, becoming maybe the first person ever to make that kind of lateral move. And the guy very clearly wanted out because he very clearly couldn't cut it because he very clearly didn't make anyone better. This is something I've been talking about all season. This doesn't involve any kind of inside info or anything like that. It's just watch the games. Watch the games. Watch the offensive line. Watch how they were killing and continue to be killing anything that the offense might hope to achieve. Yeah, there are lots of other problems. The receivers don't make plays. The quarterback is limited. The offensive coordinator has no imagination. But everything still begins with the line. No, there's not enough talent there. There's definitely not enough experience there. Count the number of rookie fourth-rounders starting at left tackle. Count the number of rookie third-rounders starting at center in the league. Not to mention a second-year guy at left guard. A second-year starter at right tackle. This was doomed. But that did not preclude Clem from making players better. He didn't. And the reason that he didn't, I can tell you this, and this is closer to the whole inside info thing, is he didn't know how. He didn't know how. And I'm not guessing at that. Because I'd heard myself that he was placing calls throughout this season, in season, to try to get advice, to try to get help. Because he didn't have the answers himself, not at the NFL level, not where every little weakness gets exposed. He didn't have them. And I'm not going to knock a guy for trying to find answers wherever he could. That involves a, a measure of humility that's actually a positive trait in a coach. But there's also a positive trait you'd want in your coach where he might have some of those answers himself. And he didn't at all. 
It was an embarrassing hire, an embarrassing mistake by Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, and everyone involved. This guy didn't last a single full season as a positional coach. That is a horrific hire. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Thing is, Clem's the first, but he's not going to be the last. There's no way you can have a failure of this magnitude, and I'm referring mostly to the offense, but not entirely, without there being repercussions. Even in an organization like the Steelers, where they like to not move things around so much, some of these failures, these facets, plural, that have occurred have been so specific and so conspicuous that even the most conservative owner would be moved to action. I believe that Art Rooney will make any moves that Tomlin and or Colbert don't at this point. I believe and have believed for quite some time openly, including here on this program, that Clem was essentially dead man walking, which is why I wrote what I did from Kansas City, that there was no benefit to the team dragging around dead man walking. If these offensive linemen hear from a different voice, even just for a couple of games, it couldn't possibly be a worse result than what we'd already been witnessing. So that's good. That's positive. That's going to put people on edge, meaning inside, meaning at South Water Street. Lots of people are going to be on edge, including people who aren't threatened with losing their jobs. Listen to Deontay Johnson yesterday in his media availability going to town on anyone criticizing the offensive line. And it's not like the old line not trying to do their job or not. It's like I get I'll be getting tired of hearing people talking about the line and stuff like if it's. If it's if it's so easy, then from a, from a person come speaking that's not on the team, like that's a regular fan, like if it's so easy, you, why you won't come out here and do it for us? Show me, you feel me, uh, that you can do it better than me. <laughs> it's like they trying up, but they doing the best they can, and it's like stuff like that gonna happen. But we just we gonna we don't worry about it. But it's football, so we gonna keep playing at the end of the day. You know what? I don't agree with a syllable of that, but I respect his right to say that, to take that stance. That's what a good teammate should do. We don't think of receivers and offensive linemen as being the same thing, but they do line up together. They're in the huddle together. They're teammates in every way, not just the color of their uniforms. They're out there on the field trying to achieve the same objective. Deontay absolutely should support 
his current offensive lineman. And it's a good thing. It's a good vibe for the Steelers that he did. Even if the whole open tryouts thing he seems to be advocating might eventually backfire, at least on Kendrick Green. Point is, start putting some people on edge. That's all right, too. That's all right, too. I'm not going to sit here and get into playoff scenarios and any other silliness here. There, there's just, it, it, it seems fruitless. It really does. But for their purposes, that's all they should be focused on is winning these next two games and trying to get their quarterback and themselves into the playoffs. Staying together is part of that. Having an offensive line that isn't just terrible would also be nice too, but that's asking a little bit much at this stage. When we come back, just one question. question and today's comes from Jason Ward who asks there are multiple owners slash investors in the Steelers when and how do they get their say do they all just let Art Rooney handle things is there a meeting with everyone that owns a percentage of the team I can't imagine these people are happy with their ROI Jason before I answer <laughs> share with everybody that ROI stands for return on investment before we go too far here in a sports program, throwing around acronyms like that, I would imagine, though, that they are happy with their ROI because their ROI is based on revenues. And the Steelers, as with all 32 NFL franchises, do quite well for themselves. That said, you bring up a scenario that I expect more and more people will be bringing up in the near future, and then doubly so if Art doesn't take meaningful action following this season. Now, what could that look like? What could the results be? I'm not here for that just yet, other than firing Matt Canada. And they can, by the way, fire Adrian Clem twice, as far as I'm concerned. Not just because of his performance, but because of that nonsense where he's searching for another job as a parachute while his players are going out there and getting whipped. That's lousy. Probably should have mentioned that in the first segment. As it is, my own recommendation for Art, not that he'd need it or want it, would be to ask questions, would be to do a deep dive, would be to find out what the heck happened in terms of assembling that offensive line in terms of hiring the next guy down the hallway to be your offensive line coach and then you know knocking on another door and saying hey how about you can you be the coordinator where were the searches for these positions these are important positions within a football team, for all the things that football people fuss over, the little details about practice, stuff that you don't see, a lot of stuff that even I don't get to see 
on a regular basis that they're so obsessive about. And then on Sunday, you see the game and you see the kind of clock management that goes on and and other failures to prepare, and you go, wait a second, I thought this little stuff was important to you. How about getting an offensive line coach who has some clue as to what he's doing? How about getting an offensive coordinator who has offensively coordinated at the NFL level before? Why would the Steelers be the guinea pig in Matt Canada's career? That makes no sense. And it's up to the owner, and only the owner. And by the way, not the minority guys. I'll answer your question eventually. Trust me, okay? But it's up to the owner in this particular hierarchy. It's up to one individual to get these answers. And he's got to get them from everybody, regardless of what action he takes. He's got to find out the why, the how, before he can determine who was culpable, what really caused this. And if it's Tomlin's arrogance and ego, then Tomlin's got to be in some seriously deep doo-doo with that owner. Because it was that owner who sat in front of us reporter types last January and said that the number one priority is to get the running game going. He didn't mean just go draft Najee Harris. He meant the running game. And this was how the people under him, under Rooney, responded. By putting up a bunch of prayers and kids and third-rounders and fourth-rounders on the line and then getting an offensive line coach who doesn't know what he's doing. If you start spreading out this issue and that issue, in my own experience, like in work and in life, if you start making too many issues and you lose focus. You lose focus. This is the fatal flaw in this football team. It's not the only flaw, but it's the fatal one. It's the one they never had a chance to overcome. That's what this owner needs to find out. Because that was a controllable variable to a large extent. No, they weren't going to assemble the offensive line they had five or six years ago with a snap of a finger. I'm not being naive here. But it didn't need to be this. And by the way, I promise I'd eventually answer your question. The minority owners and the investors do make noise. And there's an undercurrent that's there. They do communicate with art. They can be, and it sounds like you want them to be, annoying from everything that I've heard. That's good. That's a healthy ownership group that's operating like that. You don't want there to be peace when things aren't going well. That said, their authority is a great big zip. You and I have just as much of a call in any of this as they do. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do it again tomorrow. 